Welcome to the Nerd and Normie podcast. I'm Everett, and I'm a film nerd who went to film school and has directed multiple short films. I'm Emerald, and I'm dating a director and a nerd. Alright, so for uh, this podcast, what we're going to do, each of us has brought a movie to the table that we love for our own reasons, and then we both watch them, and here we're going to discuss what we thought about them. So for today's episode, I brought the movie Drive by Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, I just think it's a textbook type of film. It ticks every box of things you should be looking for if you are going to make your own film someday. It's very achievable uh, in many ways. It's very inspiring as a filmmaker because a lot of it is just people in rooms or walking and basic locations like a pizza shop. Um, Yeah, there's some crazy action and stunts that you might not be able to pull off, but it's a really great one to learn from and learn about the craft of filmmaking while also having a fun ride. All right. And I picked the 2016 horror movie The Boy, uh, directed by William Brent Bell. I picked this because I know Everett does not love horror movies, and I passionately love horror movies, even though he would not consider them the art of film whoa 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 whoa, whoa. (laughs) there are some really good horror films out there i just think there are also some really bad ones and i don't like being scared that's fair um and i do know that he scares easily so i feel like this is a great intro to horror i believe it's pg-13 instead of rated r um there's no super gory scenes unlike your movie and there's only two kind of jump scares in the whole film So I feel like as an intro to horror, it's a really good choice. And I also really like a twist, even though you're not too fond of a twist that doesn't make sense. If I drive for you, you give me a time and a place. I give you a five minute window. Drive is a 2011 American action drama film directed by Nicholas Winding Refn and written by Hussein Amini. It stars Ryan Gosling, Carey Mulligan, and Bryan Cranston. All right, Emerald, did you like the movie? I did like the movie more than I thought I would. I'll take that. (laughs) The notes that I put down are, he's like Uber, but for crime. Not wrong. Um, I thought it was smart at the beginning. Uh, Well, really the entire opening sequence I really liked. Uh, Using the baseball game to, you know, get a distraction. It was a basketball game. Whatever. Using the game (laughs) to get a distraction. Um, I found very smart. He was very calm the whole time. Um, I did not like the font as we discussed during the movie. It looked like something that would be in Pretty in Pink. I did think the music was a little bit weird, but not all the way through the movie. Like, I thought that weird techno song that came on right at the beginning. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, Night Call by Kavinsky. I may or may not have learned that on the piano. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that one was a little bit odd. Not really the song, but for the scene. As well as later in the movie, there was like an opera song that came on that I just thought was a little out of place, maybe. But the rest of the music for it was fine. I can definitely see why you would feel the music doesn't fit. Um, I think just because I was so on board with this movie the whole way through, um, it just works for me. And it's just, if it wasn't there, it would feel weird because that's how I know the movie. 
Um, but yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And similarly, the font, like, yeah, that's the drive font. That's what I recognize it as. But yeah, it's a little different. It's not what you would normally see for that type of film. Yeah. Okay. My next point that I wrote was I'd be jealous too, Oscar Isaacs, which I only put because if you catch me in any other time and you ask me who was more attractive, Oscar Isaacs or Ryan Gosling, I would pick Oscar Isaacs a billion percent every time. Especially when he has a beard. Especially when he has a beard. Um, but (laughs) in this one, we were watching it and I was watching him looking at the main girl and it clicked in my head and I was like, oh, I could see why he's your man crush and why we watch a lot of Ryan Gosling films. Um, yeah, I think Ryan Gosling is one of my favorite actors for just the, the small looks. You can just put your camera on him as a director and he will give you what you need to sell the film those those little moments he does it in pretty much every performance i've ever seen him in and that's why i love him i think overall i would say the romance was good the action was good a little gory so i was surprised that you picked it um the thing that upset me which is a spoiler if you haven't seen it is that he doesn't get the money in the end which didn't make me upset that he didn't get the money, but that he didn't give it to her. Because then, what was it all for? Which I know, sad things is what you would pick, but he doesn't get the girl, she doesn't get the money, nobody gets the money, everyone just died for nothing. Yeah, I think if you look at it more as it's not about the money, it's about getting out of this life. Even, you know, she has Oscar Isaac, who's a criminal and starts the film in prison and then she falls for Ryan Gosling another criminal and by not giving her the money it just it clears her hands they're both now completely out of the picture the money's out of the picture uh, she and her son Benicio can just go on and live their life and so he's not yeah he's not being the white knight kind of guy who brings back all this money and suddenly she's a millionaire and can live the dream life because in reality, that's mob money that's going to keep being looked for and tied up and stuff. Um, and so I think the heroic choice he makes is by not involving her and choosing not to go back to her so that uh, she doesn't get tied up in anything else. That makes sense. I put, in terms of action movies, I would rate it a 9 out of 10. In terms of my own scale of personal movies, I'd put it at a 7, which is pretty high for the movies that we have watched together. Yeah, I'll take that 100%. <laughs> so, I, I did like it. I did enjoy it. Um, I do feel like he was an interesting character to follow. Yeah. For reference, most movies I show her, her big complaint is nothing happened. And I was a little worried with this movie because even though it is like an action movie, it's not your traditional, it's no like Top Gun, it's no 80s action flick. It is much more of a character study. Um, And so if you're not on board with the character, you're going to not be on board with this film. Uh, So very glad to hear that it worked for you. So for me, my favorite parts and some points that I put down... um, the practical and in uh, 
camera lighting and different temperature of lights, there's always multiple colors. So if he's lit with a more blue light, the background has a more orange. If he's lit with orange, the background's got some blue, got some green. And often that light is moving and changing and dynamic, and it just makes every image much more visually appealing. Um, and that's kind of like some film school 101 is get a light on screen and have it be different from the other lights and so that you can actually create some visual interest and some depth to all your shots. Another thing that I really like about this film is that every detail feels important. Um, you know, the opening that you mentioned, the shot pans past the basketball game and you hear it's halftime. And then later, oh, okay, now we're four minutes. Maybe he just likes basketball. You know, a lot of lesser movies, that's all it would be is like, oh, the game's getting exciting as the heist is getting exciting. But for this, it then pays off with him using that as his escape method. Um, and similarly, other smaller things like that throughout the film come back up and little comments that people make and stuff all pay off by the end of the film. There was a lot less driving than I would have expected for a movie called Drive. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a lot less driving. Um, but one scene where there is some driving is the opening chase. Um and one thing I noted down that I noticed more this time watching it than any of the times I've seen it previously, uh, almost every single shot is from inside the car, which is not how a typical action scene is filmed. You know, you like to go wide and see the car pulling off these crazy drifts. And I think you lose some of that awesome action, but you gain so much more about these characters. Um, and then also within that, in almost every single shot in that scene, it's either on Ryan Gosling or the two criminals in the back, and almost never both. It keeps them separate, that they're like a lower class backseat villain, and he's in control when they're driving, which I really like. So we talked about it a bit when you were going over some of your points and the money at the end, um, but I really love the ending for him and Irene, and that Irene goes and knocks on his door she would have taken him back but he understands that this life even though he's quote-unquote out now he's not like this this is who he is it, it will follow him and he doesn't want to put that back on her again after she had her whole relationship with standard um and so watching him drive away at the end haha um really works for me and felt like the correct ending for this film and I think many more basic action movies obviously you get the girl at the end or there'd be some heroic thing or he would die and some valiant sacrifice and no it's just they get into an awkward stab fight in a parking lot in broad daylight and then he's like ah oh, man I gotta go get out of here and then he leaves which is not the most beautiful poetic ending, but it just really works with this film, I think. Yeah. Well, I also like that you're not... With the way that they hold that really long shot on his face, he does look a little dead. And so, I don't know, having him like drive off at the end, I feel like you're not really sure if he's going to make it or not. But the thing that upsets me isn't really that they didn't end up together, but that the fact that like she didn't get anything out of the whole thing. She lost both of the people she's been in love with. 
she didn't get any money. She's still a single mother. And now she's a single mother grieving two relationships at the same time. You know what I mean? And, like, even though him and her were technically never, like, in a relationship, you could tell that they were in love. Um, And then also, Benicio now has lost the only two father figures he ever had, and he's not going to understand why. You know? Like, he did see his dad get beat up, so he understands that there's, like, danger. But he's not going to understand why Ryan Gosling's character leaves. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's definitely she has the least fun at the end of the film. I mean, I guess maybe Ryan Gosling because he gets stabbed in the stomach. But <laughs> um, yes, but I think she does gain being out of that world and a chance for a fresh start. And it's not going to be an easy start. It's not like he just like tees her up for infinite success. But he he does what he sets out to do at the end of the film and he gets her out of this business and she he gets her removed from any potential future danger keeping her and her son safe to just figure out their lives and not be beholden to oh no i'm going to prison oh no i'm back from prison oh no i'm going to prison again oh no i'm getting shot at like he's able to remove that part of her world for her and give her a chance at a fresh start which as we learn um from a dinner table scene she's been with uh standards since she was 17 because he preyed on someone who was underage and took advantage of her at a party it seems and then they just kind of got stuck together because she got pregnant and so her whole adult life she's just been beholden to these types of people and now she finally has a chance to go out and be her own person yeah, I can see both sides, I guess. It's just sad. But I did like it. Alright, awesome. Well, we'll take a liking for that one. And now we'll move on to our next film. You can't do it. Dad, I want you to meet Mr. Bernie Rose. My hands are a little dirty. So am I. Okay, I picked The Boy, which is a 2016 supernatural horror film directed by William Brent Bell and written by Stacy Muneer. It stars Lauren Cohen, Rupert Evans, Jim Norton, and Diana Hardcastle. What do you think? I... It had a lot of potential. <laughs> I think there were moments that really worked for me. Um, I'm not a horror fan, so this is going to be a common trend of just the tropes of the horror genre. I, they felt a little cliche and tried and true and just like you could have been such a better film and you were let down by sticking to some of those tropes um however i do think it was a very effective film and it actually was far more entertaining than i was expecting particularly when we saw the synopsis on netflix (laughs) (laughs) i agree i mean i feel like every horror movie kind of falls into the cliches a little bit and this one leans into them a little bit too hard but i think that's what makes the twist so much more twisty when it finally comes out is because like since it leans so hard into the cliches at the beginning you're expecting it to just be the haunted doll story that's been done a billion times yeah that's fair um so going into my notes Uh, A lot of them follow the lines of like this, told to wait in parlor, then snoops all over. 
and I, it's the classic horror thing of like you're gonna get something coming to you like you can't just walk into the cemetery and expect nothing to go bad in a horror movie um so any character who in- instantly is snooping any chance they get it's not gonna go well but to be fair she doesn't know she's in a horror movie so yes i get that <laughs> but like i don't know i get that but I don't know, the only genre where that's ever really a thing tends to be horror. If it was a drama, she would have just waited around and then somebody would have said something or she would have had a flashback. Another note I had is, I would not touch someone else's gum. That was really gross and a weird way to flirt, but not really impactful on the overall story. I thought they were both very charming. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I didn't find their romance completely necessary, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know about necessary. I think it could have worked just as well as friends. Just like, I have concern for you, and therefore I'm here to support you. And, oh, you're alone in a new country. Hey, come hang out with my friends and let's go to the bar for the night. As opposed to just instant, the second he sees her, he's asking her out. But also, like, it's a horror movie. You gotta have your (laughs) B-list celebrities falling in love with each other. Yeah. That's just how they go. Uh, My next note was towards the end of Act 1. I wrote down solid start to efficiently set up characters and premise. I think it actually, within 15 minutes, I knew exactly what this, or more or less minus the twist, what this film was and what was set out before me and why I should care about these characters and what the types of scenarios they're going to be in which is something I really love I hate when a film doesn't reveal anything to you Um, and then going on into the kind of act one conclusion I just felt like it had a very solid premise a creepy doll always creepy the English countryside big mansion house beautiful scenery and sets Uh, characters that were likable and interesting and not irritating or making the world's worst decisions all the time. Uh, So yeah, I thought it started really strong. Cool. I mean, that's good to hear. Usually (laughs) it's not the case for you, so that's good. However, I will say the first dream sequence felt so cheap and undercut the beginning of like all the good work they'd done at the beginning of the film. Um, it really just, it didn't add anything to me. It felt like the producers were like, oh no, we haven't had a jump scare yet. And this is a horror movie. Uh, uh, what do we do? What do we do? Let's quickly reshoot three minutes of the film just to make you jump. I was worried that was going to take over the style of the film and the filmmakers weren't going to be able to make the film that they wanted to, but they did seem to allow them to express themselves more. There was another cheap dream sequence that again felt like oh we haven't jumped at anyone in 15 minutes um but other than that i think it was pretty solid yeah i agree i think both of the dream sequences i mean that's the note that i put down i said um as most horror movie people do uh the sister sucks is what i put down because she was just telling her to suck it up and kind of deal with it whereas if my sister called me and said I'm living in this house where these crazy old people want me to babysit a doll that they genuinely think is alive and now all of my stuff is going missing. I wouldn't just say suck it up. Or yeah, with the dream sequence, I put 
dream jump scares are cliche because they are, but they happen in almost every movie. So I'm glad it didn't lean too hard into that kind of like jump scare, scary movie, but I don't know why they felt the need to include the two that they did. Yeah. Um, moving on further into the film, um, when Cole shows up, the uh, abusive ex-boyfriend, husband Something along relationship. those lines. Um, yeah, when he shows up, my first thought was, wow, what an entrance to fly to another country and just walk into a house where you don't know who's going to be there. Maybe you have the wrong house. Who knows? And just start playing pool. Power Bold move. move. <laughs> it really is. Um, but yeah, I also I felt like it worked because they set him up. But I don't know why they felt they needed to i guess they wanted something uh for brahms to like incite him to break out and reveal p.s that's the twist um break out of the mirror and attack someone just to be more exciting and then be able to kill someone right away to establish he's strong and violent but i don't know that it felt like they were trying to be really not profound like trying to be profound but it was just like there's a lot of relationship history and issues and stuff, and this just didn't feel like the film to commentate on them. So I just, it felt odd to kind of touch on this real deep emotional trauma of abusive past, but also not, which I think is also kind of a horror movie trope to some extent. Everyone has a tragic backstory, and they're not always going to take the time to develop those fully yeah I mean I guess the way that they set him up made sense to me in the way that her needing a reason to go to the English countryside a reason to completely flee her country and go somewhere else needed to be something really traumatic and also you know a reason for her to connect to this ghost child that she thinks that she's watching is her losing a baby and she thinks it's fate that's what brought her there and then they also needed someone to break the doll kind of to get him out of the wall I feel like it all did flow together in the end even if it was a little bit of a deeper subject for a surface level movie yeah I guess that's fair um I just always I don't know I would love for this to have taken a turn and developed that stuff a bit more, but it is just the type of movie to gloss over that. Yeah, and horror movies are usually pretty short, so I feel like going delving deeper into it would have added too much time onto the movie. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could cut those two dream sequence scares and throw in <laughs> five more minutes of character development. Um, another comment I have, which actually applies to both movies we watched for today, um is why in movies do they always have the guy go in for the kiss right at their most traumatic vulnerable moment it really just feels like they're preying on them both in this movie he kisses her right after is it right after he finds out her tragic past and stuff and then he just kisses her like that's gonna make it better when she's kind of been avoiding his advances um and told him she's not really looking at for anything uh, and similarly in Drive, uh, her husband is just murdered and she's been questioned by the cops all day 
and then he just pulls her aside in the elevator and I know it's like a poetic artsy moment for him as a character getting his one moment with her before he goes on this violent rampage but again on the actual like what we're watching is a man kissing a woman in an incredibly vulnerable state and I just that always happens well, not only that, is that he just confessed to her that they'd been lying to her and he was the one who took her husband to get murdered. Obviously, they didn't know he was going to get killed, but, you know. Yeah. Probably not the best time to kiss someone and then stomp someone into the elevator. Yep. Um, but back to the boy. Uh, that twist, not what I thought was going to happen. I was couldn't decide what it was going what there was going to be going on because it didn't feel quite like the classic haunted doll because we never saw it turn its head on camera or like blink when she walked away or any of that kind of stuff but we also did get a few of those like pov shots from what felt like really low down but then one time he in the pov shot looks over a railing and i was like huh i don't remember him being that tall and so Maybe it was just like, I assumed it was very low because I assumed it was this child doll. Um, but yeah, when a grown man with a weird doll mask bursts out of the room, A, who made that mask for him? <laughs> Why does that exist? Why is he wearing, yeah, you've got a scarred face, but like, what do you care? No one's seeing you. You're hidden in the walls. Um, but sufficiently creepy looking. He wanted to make a good impression. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Uh, but yeah, that was... It was wild, it was not what I was expecting, and yet it worked with the film. It didn't feel like just a cheap twist for the sake of a twist. It felt like that was what they were setting up from the beginning. You just didn't know it because the main character didn't know it, which is completely valid and the way I think these types of films should go. So this is what I would consider a good twist in a film. Yeah, I do think they set it up really, really well with the fact that you know, the reason he thinks the, the dad um, thinks that the traps are unnecessary, but he talks about how his wife is terrified of the vermin finding their way into the walls because she doesn't want anything to disturb her son, obviously, who's living there. Or like they never throw away the food and they always keep it in the fridge or the freezer so that he always has something to eat. Or, you know, they never turn on the fireplace because... It would ruin one of his passages. The music is always really loud so he can hear it in the walls. Like, once you've seen it and then you rewatch it, they set it up very well. Yeah, it's definitely, it's one of those, it was wild when it happens and then you're like, yeah, no, wait, that makes complete sense. Um, however, they then kind of end it in what I would consider an okay but very cliche way. They didn't quite capitalize on it. Not that I know what they really could have done otherwise but just like the shot of her like doing that kind of like half smile laugh as they go away I feel like I've seen 50 movies that have ended with like that exact shot and then of course we cut back into the house and the guy we thought was dead the grown-up Brahms is repairing the doll and the doll's face is getting restored to hopefully set up a franchise as the producers would want yeah and from what I hear, the sequel is garbage. Not that either of us have seen it. Yeah, I couldn't even watch it because I heard such bad things about it, so. <laughs> Not surprising. But for me, I'd say in terms of taking the film for what it is, I would give it 
an 8 out of 10, maybe a 9 out of 10. It's it's a solid, fun horror movie. Don't go in with super high expectations, but don't just expect really like phoned-in performances and jump scares every five seconds. It's actually a fun watch. In terms of my own personal taste, probably like a 5 just on the basis I don't love horror I would rather have taken this and done a deep character study on loss and having this doll be a manifestation of that and it actually just be these people have put all their love on this doll and made it alive in their minds. But, you know, that's obviously when you're setting out to make a horror movie, not the direction you're going to take it in. But you gotta admit, when his hand comes out of the wall and he, like, grabs the side, (laughs) that's so scary. (laughs) That was pretty wild. By the time the police arrived, the place was up in flames. Brahms didn't make it out. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Nerd and Normie. Uh, it was a surprising one, considering the fact that we both liked each other's movies. That almost never happens. Uh, make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Nerd and Normie, and we will be putting out new episodes every Monday. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.